Moses describes in this way the righteousness that is by the law. The man who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend into the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. What does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of God for the people of God. All right, so this message is titled, It's Time to Rethink Part Two. We, last week we did part one, talked about healing, a little bit about spiritual warfare. Today, I want to really focus on salvation. Because there's something is going on in this world that I don't quite understand yet, but I know it's happening. I know all know it's happening. And, and several different things. Is my microphone cutting out? Okay. Let's see if I can adjust it. I, I can hear myself and then I can't. And I have a hard time hearing anyway, so. All right, is that better? Maybe I'll pull this out of my pocket. That might help, too. Okay. Anyway, um, there's, there's a lot going on. You know, we can put all kinds of names to it. We can put all kinds of blame to it. Okay? But there's something spiritual going on, too, that I want to focus on today. And that is the enemy is getting people to think they're not saved. What does that mean to be saved? You know, I asked myself that question when I was 11 years old. I was with a friend, really good friend of mine named Pete Tinney. And I know some of you have heard this story before. He says, you can't get to heaven if you're not saved. I'm like, saved from what? <laughs> you know, what are you talking about? 11-year-old kid's not going to know what you're talking about, right? And he says, you got to believe in Jesus. And I said, well, I do. He says, but are you saved? I said, I don't know. I believe in Jesus. My dad told me all about him. So I go home and I say to my dad, hey, Pete said I got to be saved. He goes, he's right. I said, saved from what? And so my dad says, hang on. He goes over, he gets a little track. And it was, you know, the normal size of a track that they used to hand out back in the, that was back in the 80s. And I sit down on the couch and I start reading it. And it starts talking about how everybody does bad things and you can think about all the bad things you've done. And I thought about some bad things that I had done, fought with my brother, maybe told a couple lies. Sorry, mom. Um, anyway, I, and I see it's got these angels that are walking all around this person. He's walking down the street and he's got his head down and there's angels walking by him and there's demons coming from the other direction. And I didn't know what the demon was. 
I've heard such a thing. I've heard angels, but they start fighting, and then the guy walks away, and then demons surround him. He puts his head down like he's getting depressed, and then the angels come and they attack again. And anyway, it's, it's about spiritual warfare is what it was, but in the end, it had the sinner's prayer. So I said the prayer. That had this incredible feeling come over me, like it was undescribable. But then it wasn't until I was in my 20s, 10 years later or more, that I really started walking with the Lord and understood what it really meant to be saved. Now, I want to ask this question, and you don't have to answer, but I want you to think about this. Had I, say, when I started driving when I was 16, I got in a car accident, wasn't real bad, messed up my car than the other one. But what if it had been really serious? What if I would have died in that accident in 1986? Would I have gone to heaven? Now, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I was still doing all kinds of bad things. Again, sorry, Mom. <laughs> but would I have gone to heaven? Before you answer, I want to tell you this. None of us can make that decision. Only God makes that decision. It belongs to him. We can say what we think, but that decision alone belongs to him. Now, me, if you ask me, I say yes, I would have. Okay? But again, that decision alone belongs to God. But what does God say? Now, we read Romans chapter 10. Pastor Ian's been doing a, a great sermon series on Romans chapter 8, and he gave us a lot of the history, and it was, it was really good, and hopefully he'll get to continue that someday. But... What Paul is trying to do is he's trying to teach these people the law doesn't save you. Being good doesn't save you. Doing all these good things does not save you. It does not. One thing, believe in your... Wow. <laughs> believe in your heart and confess with your mouth and you will be saved. What, is there... I'm getting feedback from somewhere. Anyway, okay, we'll try to get through this. Maybe God's trying to speak for me. <laughs> anyway, believe in your heart, okay? Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. We know this, right? We know this. Believe that Jesus died for you. We are taught this. We believe this. Confess with your mouth. Confess your sins to the Lord. That's the second part. A lot of times, sometimes people forget that, okay? It's important that we confess to God. He knows. He's not being surprised by what we're saying. But we need to confess and believe. And then what Paul says in verse 13, anyone, I don't care who you are, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, that's in the Bible, we can trust it. It's not on Facebook, so we don't have to worry about fact-checking, okay? This is the Bible. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Period. End of story. So, there's this doctrine. I hate the word doctrine. But there's this doctrine in, this, in the world that um, causes a lot of debate. And between age 11 and between age 29, when I really started walking closer with God, maybe 28, I developed my own belief. 
didn't know there was a doctrine name assigned to it. But I simply read in the Bible, Romans chapter 10, I said, oh, okay. Or I read John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, so whoever believes in him, believes, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So I put these together. I read Ephesians chapter 2. You are saved by grace through faith, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So I put all this together and I say, okay, I guess I was saved at 11 years old when I turned to God, I confessed my sins, and I called upon his name, I was saved. Never thought another word of it. Never can be taken away from me. Can't sin myself out of it because I did nothing to earn it. So how could I do something to not earn it? But then there's this doctrine called once saved, always saved, or OSAS. I start reading about this and like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. If you're saved, you're saved. Well, there's all kinds of people attacking it. And even more so in this day and age, and I don't know why, and I believe it's the enemies trying to get us to question our salvation. They don't want us to know that we get to go to heaven. They don't want us to know that because they can convince us. Trust me, I'm getting somewhere with this. If they can convince us that we have to work at it, and I'll get to that in a minute, then they can convince us to give up. And then they convince us to sin. And they convince us to backslide. They convince us to fall apart. And it ruins our lives. But guess what? You're still going to heaven. If you believe in Jesus and that he saved you by dying on the cross and you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you're still going to heaven. There are going to be people that are going to get to heaven they are going to say, well, I didn't think I was going to make it. God said, I sealed you, brother. I sealed you, sister. I sealed you. Because for God to give up and not take someone who believes in his son, he'd first have to give up on his son. Is God going to give up on his son? No way. No way. So the enemy tries to get us to believe that we have to work at it. Wait a minute. Time out, Phil. What about James? It says, faith without deeds is dead. Oh, yeah, I know what it says. But you see what happens when you get sealed, when the Holy Spirit comes into you. God takes that heart of stone. This is from Jeremiah. Takes that heart of stone out of you, and he puts in a heart that belongs to him. He renews you. He changes you. Now, you're still a human being. You're still prone to sin. You're still going to sin. But you are delivered. You are delivered once and for all. And there's nothing, nothing, nothing. I don't care how good you are. I don't care how many people you help across the street, how many people you make meals for. I don't care how many times you go to church and how much money you give or what you do in church. I don't care. That does not count towards your salvation at all. You can do all the good in the world. You can be the greatest philanthropist in the world. Doesn't count for salvation. If that's the case, then you can be a thief, you can be a liar, you can be an adulterer, you can be a murderer. And it's not going to take away from your salvation either. Oh, there's consequences to it. Okay? 
but it doesn't take away from your salvation. When you come to the Lord and you call upon his name, that's it. Congratulations. Welcome to the family. We'll have a great big family reunion someday when we all get to know each other. And it's not just people on this side and people on this side. We're going to really know each other then. But nothing we can do can take away from that. Because when you change inside, you start to do better. Whether you realize it or not, you're already doing better. Because keep in mind, there's body, soul, and spirit. This is the body. The spirit is within the body. The soul, some people say, is in the mind. We're not going to argue that. It doesn't matter where it is. We are body, soul, and spirit. And what we do with this body is only one-third of what's going on in our whole existence. And that one-third is not enough to destroy the two-thirds. Isn't it ironic that Satan took one-third of the angels and two-thirds remain? One-third cannot overcome the two-thirds. But that one-third is what attacks the one-third of our body, soul, and spirit. It gets us to sin. But as we continue to look to God, as Job did, we grow in relationship with him. And all of a sudden, you know what? I'm not calling people names anymore. I'm not yelling at people for taking my parking spot at Walmart. I'm not talking about people behind their backs anymore. I'm not lying anymore. At, over time, these things happen, and you start to get closer because that spirit that's within you, that God put in you, the moment you accepted Christ, is growing in you. Now, why is this doctrine in place? Because if we can get people to believe they have to work at it, they're going to. And it's going to take the focus off of Jesus. The moment you have to work for your salvation, the focus comes off of the cross, comes off of Jesus, and immediately on you. What did Paul say? Don't say, who will go to heaven for us? That is to bring Christ down. Who will go to the deep? That is to bring Christ up. Keep the focus on Jesus. And you don't have to worry what other people are saying. You don't have to worry. Now, I'm not giving you a license to sin. Paul talks about that too. He tells us that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Let me say that again. Everything is permissible. You can do whatever you want. You're free. It's not, not everything's beneficial, though. Because when we sin, all we're doing is harming ourselves and others. But God sees us through his son, Jesus Christ, and he knows you're still going to heaven. His plan all along wasn't, I'm going to put Jesus on the cross as a starting point and then let them work their way up to him. No. He put Jesus on the cross and he said, this is it. It is finished. It is finished. No work. Rest in him and enjoy your salvation. So when we keep that in mind, it helps us avoid self-righteousness. There's nothing I can do. Nothing I can do. 
and it keeps the enemy from trying to, dis- to make us fall apart. I've been sinning too much. There's no way God's going to accept me now. I tell you, you want to make me mad, <laughs> tell me, you know, I-, I hope I get to go to heaven. I hope I've done enough. Oh, boy, I'll get started on you <laughs> in a loving way. But there's nothing you can do to take it away, nothing you can do to make it happen. Please know that. Faith equals salvation. And the Bible says it over and over and over again. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you are saved by grace through faith, and it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, so that no one can boast. No one can boast. You see, when we do good things on earth, we can boast. Now, you Steelers fans aren't going to like this, but Tom Brady can boast, okay? (laughs) The greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not a fan either, but he can boast because he's done great things. Doesn't work that way with God. Can you imagine if we had to work out our own salvation? We wouldn't come to church to sing and to pray and, and to ask for healing. We'd come to church and say, hey, guess what I did this week? Uh-huh. What are you doing? Oh, you did something better than me. Well, I'll come back next week and I'll be better than you. Can you imagine what kind of fellowship we would have if that's what we did? No, that's not what God wants. He, yes, do the good works because they're coming out of you from the spirit that's within you. It's called the fruit of the spirit and it starts with love. Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, good self-control. I can't remember them all right now, but they come out of us because the spirit is within us. When you plant an apple seed, you get an apple tree. You don't get oranges. When you plant the Spirit of God within you, you get good stuff coming out. One last thing, and I'll let you go for today. I've had, it's amazing how many people have said to me, have brought this up to me in the last couple weeks. I I believe it's in Matthew chapter 7, maybe chapter 6. It's from the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus said that I will say to them, away from me, I did not know you. Who's he talking to? Is he talking to you? Who are saved? No. He's talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people who said, okay, I put my faith in Jesus. Now I got to go do all the good works. He's not talking to those people. He's talking to those who never put their faith in him. I didn't know you because you didn't put your faith in me. He's not talking to you. Don't worry. He's not going to say to you, away from me, I did not know you. He's not going to say that. Now, If we had more time, I'd go into Matthew 25 and and separating the sheep from the goats. But just know this. If Jesus is in your heart, you have already been saved and you have the ability to do good works. Do them. Ask God to help you do them. Okay? I can't tell you how. You can't make it up on your own. God has to be the one to tell you. The main theme of this whole sermon is keep the focus on Jesus. Let him work in you to bring these good works out. Then, even if you don't believe what I just said about he's talking to unbelievers, you don't have to worry about it because if you're doing even one small good work, you give a cup of water to someone who's thirsty, you may not even remember it. He's going to remember it, and he's going to reward you for it. So don't let the enemy tell you that you can't be saved because God has already told us 
in his word that it is possible and it is done if we believe. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your wonderful gift of salvation that comes from you, your Son, and your Holy Spirit, working in us in ways that we can't comprehend or understand, but we trust and know that it's true. And we thank you, Lord, for this eternal salvation that we can't earn and we can't lose. So now take us forward from this day, Lord, working with you, growing in relationship with you, that we may produce more good works so that you will be glorified and your name will be known forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.